when you fill in the blank, this this piece right here, I just think about the other features who have um, participated and what they've said. It's really just been off the dome, like on some real gut energy. And I think this, or not even just gut, but like it actually activates that chakra, like right as soon as you fill in that blank when you think about it. And so looking at the throat chakra, affirming that I am truth, right? Tapping into this statement, uh, Rodney, off the dome, I want you to just tap into this and um, tell me what you think when you speak, when you hear this. Um, I speak and exist in my truth by blank. Um, and when you when you think about that, what resonates and why? I feel like the first thing that came to me was I speak and exist in my truth by prioritizing freedom. Um, for me, I think that um, I believe that I can say so much of, you know, maybe things that people feel and look deeper and kind of tap into the just the paradigm of the community and say things that people maybe don't have the words to say and be what I believe myself to be is like this neo griot of, of sorts, this orator and this storyteller and this person who can just use a spoken language to get something across. I think a lot of that has to do with me being free. Um, I think anytime I've ever been in a funk, anytime I've ever been had a creative block, Anytime I've ever just didn't feel like doing a certain thing, a lot of it had to do with not really being in a in a free space, in a freedom mm. type of place where I'm, you know, constricted in all these various ways. And I think that for me, um, I speak and exist by being that example of what freedom can feel like and look like. And because um, I think that, you know, we always attach that to some sense of, you know, sensational, you know, materialism. But I think that it's really about who you are inside, how you walk your life and how you feel about yourself, because there's plenty of people with a lot of money, plenty of people with a lot of things that really don't feel free, that feel very, you know, attached to those things to feel like those things make them who they are. And I've been in, I feel like enough rooms with different people and talk to enough people when they try to always figure out why the hell I'm standing out more than them sometimes. And I think it's because I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not. I'm just me. Mm. And I think that a big part of that is kind of, you know, intimidating because I think on a human level, people don't realize that we are all are just, you know, at the, at the base level of who we are. We all are just humans. We're not ain't nobody more super than the other got more some type of like we all come into this world the same way. We're going to leave in the same way. And whatever's after the fact is whatever it is after the fact. So. You can sit here and get whatever accolades, you can get all these different things with the twist and turn of a pandemic or a alien takeover, all this shit can mean nothing. <laughs> all of it can be nothing. You could be taken, it can be stripped away from you and then all that's left is who you are. And that was, a, and to me, I think that's something that I learned. I think that's something I've always known to a certain degree, but I think that that's something that I prioritize. I think I, I speak and exist in my truth by being free. Yo, thank you. Because some people got to sharpen that freedom, let alone ask themselves, are you free? Or do you give yourself that a freedom? A lot of them don't. A exist? lot of them don't. And, and it's 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 a process because I think people don't realize that they have that choice. People don't know what options they have all the time with a lot of things. And I think that, you know, I literally was just having a conversation, an ongoing conversation on Twitter uh, with a, a fellow, like, classmate of mine. And I was telling her about I was like, you know, you know, a lot of men really don't like the idea that they got to be in charge and be head of households and kind of lean mm -hmm. into the patriarchy. Right. She was like, really? Like men don't like that. Like there's men who I was like, no, 
I was like, I've spoken mm. to a lot, and they will say all day, "No, nah, this is what this is what being a man is," and da da. And I'm like, okay, so how do you feel about that being what your life is going to be for the rest of your life? That for you will forever, you will forever have to work. You will never get a break. You never can take a day off from quote unquote being a man. You have to stay providing, and protecting, and staying strong. And what do you get for it for real? And they mm. always get to the point of being like. Like, I don't know what the reward of patriarchy is other than just being in charge of other people. And that is a responsibility that people really don't really want. You want people to be able to not only take care of themselves, but also care about you. And but it's hard to be in that position if you lean into the idea of being over this overlord of people, this person who is the sole provider, sole protector of people. You want people to tend to you. You want people to care about you. You want people to see you as as somebody that they should, you know, find some type of affinity for, but they don't. And it's because yeah, it's because you attach yourself to something that really doesn't win, that really won't get you to the end. And I, I always use, and it's a slight tangent, but it's, I always use the example of um, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony mm-hmm. Bourdain, to anybody who's listening, if you don't know, he uh, is a white man who grew up in the East Coast, became well-known um, amongst, you know, the New York, you know, culinary scene by working his way up to becoming a top chef. He got he got real famous by writing a book um, about his life because he was, you know, abused drugs in his early, you know, late teens and basically kind of cooking and like culinary arts basically saved his life. Then he went on to basically, you know, write and travel and meet so many different people that he eventually basically created what the genre that we know to be the travel food genre. So he literally started a show via CNN and other networks where he just goes around the world eating food and talking right. to fucking cool people. And so he has the, 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 the job that you can't even believe anybody would love to have that. All you do is eat food and travel and to new places <laughs> that as a genre, he was the one who was a pioneer of it. And yeah created very, you know, a few different, you know, ventures and in like shows like he had one where it was just about where he would do on a layover, traveling internationally, he had another one he had very specific yeah. places and this man was very well-rounded, very well-spoken and Lily had a life that he had he was not problematic, he was not a problematic white man, he was going to these third world countries eating in the eating in the top, you know, in the in the white cloth white tablecloth mm. type spaces, but also eating on the streets as well. Right. Being with the people. That yeah. man living that type of life, living the, the, the just the objectivity of the, the, the prime existence, committed suicide mm. in a five-star hotel in Paris when That's he was, crazy. before he turned 60. And so it's like, it fucked me up because I was a fan of his while he was yeah. alive. But also it was like, damn, what was going on with him? Yeah. What was happening to him where he is not only he got a he got he got the complexion for the protection. <laughs> All the physical freedom you can think of. He is wealthy. Right. He's respected among literally on every block in the world. Wow. And yet yeah. he he didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't really enjoy life. You know, and then you have other examples like Robin Williams and so many others where they are great examples of people who, quote unquote, are doing patriarchy 
the way that they say you're supposed to. You make money, yeah. you have a family, you're white. <laughs> you're closest to either white or you're white. <laughs> no, for real. And they didn't, they didn't like their lives. They didn't like themselves. Yeah. They didn't like something about themselves or their lives, whatever combination of that is. So to me, I always right. say like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta find out that you do have a choice. You don't have, yes. if, if, you, if it feels too heavy to like try to figure out this shit of, you know, being a man and presenting this narrow version of what masculinity is, you might want to let that go. Let that, let that hurt go. Cause you really not going to ever be free. And I want to be free. Okay. I want, I want to have a free family, have a free community. I want to raise free human beings one day. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I doubt the, the, I doubt the world is going to change, you know, just solely in my lifetime, but at least in my own interconnected community and myself, at least I can have my own personal version of it and hopefully inspire people to do the same. That's real. Like, thank you, Rodney, for that, because I feel like it's a lot of people like you, like on the mindset of, of how you exist, like even in your identity and just how you implement yourself in the world. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot of other people that's just like you, but probably not exercising their voice in a way that they can. You know what I mean? So shout out to you for being that light and Mike, literally. Come on. <laughs> literally. <laughs> I like um, that. That's good. Legit. Um, so then I guess to ask you for the next piece, how did you discover your truth? Right. When you think about Rodney from say, Whatever point in time, I, I don't even want to pinpoint it, but just discovering your truth and how you communicated through your like podcasts, like your artistry. Because do you do other things outside of Simply King, like as um, like as an entrepreneur, or are you just based in the podcasting realm? I do, I do. Um, I, in twenty one, while I was still in Chicago, I actually started my own digital marketing company. Um, I got my degree in marketing, and um, it's something that has always came easy to me in terms of just a bigger picture of understanding how to sell something or how to present your uh, idea or business in the best way. And I think that's yet again, a throw, you know, kind of a throw shock of communication skill, um, yeah. being able to understand, you know, what words you need to use or what ideologies or idioms or illusions that you're trying to kind of tap into that you might not even know the words for. I do it to my friends mm -hmm. all the time when they have ideas. I was like, oh, you trying to do this and that? And they like, oh, that's a thing? I'm like, yeah. You, there's books on it. There's all types of shit. And it was like, oh, I didn't even know. I thought I made it. I was like, no, that's a whole area of art or a whole area of design or a whole area of whatever it is. That's the thing. Yeah. You can do that. You can go look it up and probably figure out how to do it in the best way, exactly how it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. And I think it's just because, you know, I'm, I'm a person who likes to learn and all those things. But for me, I think um, I discovered my truth by truly being with myself. Uh, I think at an early age, you know, growing up in a small town, it's quiet. It's not a lot going on. And my mom um, chose, uh, you know, to raise us in a neighborhood that was even quieter. You know, we, mm. she, we, we lived, I lived pretty much for all intents and purposes in the sticks, you know, to get to my, where my where I literally left from this past weekend on Monday. I got back from, um, from Tennessee on Monday uh, where my mom still lives to this day. You have to pass a soybean field, like two soybean fields and a cotton field just to get to my house. So I'm out wow. there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so it's quiet. I remember moving in in the fourth grade and I could hear other people's phones ring inside my house. That's how Dang. quiet it was. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. 
So it's a lot of tranquil um, moments that I feel like I had with myself. And I, so it was a whole lot of just being with me. You know, mom's got to work. My sister outside, you know, working or doing whatever she was doing. So I was just home alone a lot yeah. in those, you know, prime kind of, you know, adolescent years before I started to kind of get involved in, you know, high school and things like that. But I was still home a lot with myself, yeah. trying to figure out things, trying to understand life. And, um, and growing up with a single mom, I already kind of was already an adultified child. So I was already having to figure out things, you know, from at least a gender context on my own. So because my mom couldn't really tell me or she can give me information. She can tell me what she think I should do as, you know, me becoming a quote unquote young man. But I think that was where I discovered um, my truth uh, of who I am and and what I am. And um, I, I, I dug into that. You know, I think I got way more spiritual. I remember, you know, asking to be baptized. I was trying to seek answers as I came into, you know, the understanding and awareness of myself and wanted to, mm -hmm. you know, protect that, wanted to build on that, wanted to feel fulfilled by that in some way, shape or form, too. And um, I feel like I communicate that in my artistry by way of um, having having this as an outlet. I think, you know, having podcasting being something that came to me that I didn't even know for a long time. I didn't even consider myself a creative because I thought because I wasn't, you know, this like hyper you know, addictive, creative, where I got to, you know, I got to take a picture every day. I got to shoot something every day. I got to write something every day because I didn't, because well, I wasn't wired like that. I didn't associate myself with uh, actually being a creative. Um, but I think it was because I didn't know that this medium was the one that I needed to, you know, get into. Um, and it's, you know, for all intents and purposes, fairly new in terms of just the human existence. Um, so it's one that I feel good that I got into it when I got into it because, I'm a part of those, you know, that, that, you know, those, those thousands of people that started a podcast whenever they started one that still are doing it, that still, you know, that appreciate the, 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 the art of it, the, um, understand yeah. why it's a medium that touches people. And, um, to me, I think it kind of helped me be able to not only take a pause, take a beat, but also enrich all the things that I am. Um, by way of being able to just express myself. You know, I think ultimately that's why I talk so much. I think that's why I've always been a child that talked a lot, all those things. And it's like, what do you do with that? So for 22 years of my life, I just was, that was just a characteristic that I had to hold, but really didn't know what to do with it. You really didn't mm -hmm. understand why I can hold conversations, why people like to tell me things, why it's easy mm -hmm. for me to say what I feel, all these various things. Cause what the fuck do I do with that? You know, I didn't right. grow up around people who, kind of, you know, I didn't have these particular examples, you know, and I think that in retrospect, yeah, I probably could have, you know, went to school for writing or journalism or all these various things, but I didn't, I was, I chose practicality. I went to school for business, I went to school, studied marketing. I was like, I got to get a job. I got to make money, no, all no. these various things. While, you know, no. there was a creative thing of thing in me and a particular skill um, that I was, you know, leaving untapped. And I think it's funny that the closer and closer I got to graduation, the more I really wasn't really on wanting to be a business major, but it was like, I got to finish, you know? And once I moved to Chicago, I was still looking for work. And honestly, the podcast is kind of what made me sane. My friend, I was trying to, before I left school, I was trying to have a radio show, like a student-ran radio show. The uh, administration was giving me the run around. They finally approved my show a month before like the month that 
that I graduated, mm-hmm. the month before graduation. Wow. So it was in April. I graduated in May. And so I'm like, well, obviously, I'm not about to do the show. I submitted this last semester, so the fuck, you know? So I shelved that idea until my friend, uh, shout out to Elijah, um, hit me up and was like, hey, have you thought about you? He was like, you remember that radio idea that you had? I was like, yeah. I was like, like, you ever thought about just making that a podcast or doing a podcast? Right. I was like, what's a podcast? <laughs> and that was in 2015. Didn't even, never heard a podcast, never knew what it was. I was so blind to that medium as a whole. And basically got right into it, dive right in. Probably yeah. probably did maybe the least amount of research too. That's what's funny. I definitely was, <laughs> I was like. I mean, honestly, bro, when the passion, yeah, I'm like, when the passion there, like, you're going to figure it out. It's going to, it's going to click. Like you're the holes that, you know, the holes that need to be filled in. You wouldn't even be able to see those holes until you started. You know what I mean? Facts. So. Facts, facts, and, and so that that was that was what started, and it, it definitely made me sane because I was fresh out of fresh out of college, couldn't find mm-hmm. work um, in Atlanta. Moved to Chicago, was dating was dating this you know what I'm saying this lovely young lady at the time. You know what I'm saying in Chicago was living in the South Burbs. You feel me? You know, at her mama house. I was like, what is my life right now? I'm 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 unemployed. Got probably one of the finest girlfriends I've ever had in my life. Her mom's cool as fuck. The fact that she even let me stay here and figure my shit. Hell nah. You Airbnb. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm just trying to figure my shit out. So I'm just like, and, and it was even worse because I'm going on interviews all like every other day. And they ask me shit like, how attached to you are you to your hair and you know, our clients are really big on image of our, you know, of our sales people and our employees and, you know, your image is, you know, a little, you know, whatever. And it's just like, all right, all right, all right. You know, you know, like I, I went through so many interviews why I either had to sit there and endure some intrusive questioning or just walk out. Like it's a bunch of interviews that I had in Chicago. I just walked out the room because it was just like, I'm not about to sit here and like let let you kind of like you know, whittle me down to just, you know, what my hair means to you and what connotations you want to place onto it. Because in my head, I was very much like, should I, I mean, if I got through the initial screening via my resume, why are we talking about my hair? If this, if what's on this paper seems like enough, it's an entry level fucking job. And and like to have the retro, to think about it in a retrospective way, we both are 30 years old. Think about the jobs and think about the people and think about the qualifications you need to be able to, you know, do what you did when you were in entry level position. You don't need to do much. You didn't have to do much. Put in work by Too Sweet Tony. What's your work ethic like? You be late a lot. Time's been passing and I'm just asking because loving me is a full time job. I mean, I've been sitting with time in the mirror of introspection. I realized that the love I've been accepting was just trading loneliness and placeholders for temporary reprieves from the fear of rejection. I have betrayed myself, left myself on red for the most basic of connections, and I won't do it again. On with charms, I'll give these streets a spin. Just know my game got game, and I'm temptations with it. I want a love I can see. So, if you're editing your love CV to present to me, 
I would be remiss if I didn't tell you no. Love me like this. Love me like my trauma is just seasoning. Like my boundaries are boundless. Ask me where I've been seldom kissed. Plot a plan for romance. Respond to my morning texts. Allow me to breathe in my space and be a space where I can hold my breath. Where I can cry and create and play and wait with you for love. So, Ronnie, <laughs> words of advice. Yeah. To people that are just trying to figure out how to find their truth, like, or just establishing it. You know what I mean? Like a space of like, damn, okay, I see and know what I've done, but is this really my truth? Like, how can I actually put my signature on it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, honestly, this is something I feel like I've been holding close to me as um, something to point out, you know, to kind of keep on that same theme of anybody can definitely do this, but I think that, you know, um, speaking to um, men too, uh, and men specifically, but I think this is definitely any advice anybody can take, is um, be exactly what you want to be. Be exactly who you want to be. And I think that it sounds cliche, but considering that we live in a world where people are consistently put into boxes, are told they have to be a certain way, have to fit into this certain way to be whatever they claim themselves to be, be self-defining. And if you self-define yourself, then nobody can ever tell you who you are. And anybody can do that. And I think that we live in a life where, especially if you are black people, um, there's so many connotations that already tell us about what we're supposed to be or what we are assumed to be and all these various things. And I, I say, don't take on those definitions. Genuinely um, know that you are what you say you are. You control your perception and you have to lean into that and um, into what it is that you put out, what it is that you want to be known for, what it is that your legacy is. All that's based on how you walk your day to day. And it's all incremental. You don't have to change overnight. You might right now be, you know what I'm saying, a young man, a young woman, a young person living in Chicago, trying to figure it out in your mama house, and you feeling like you meant to be and do great things. It's going to take just a, a step. But the fact of the matter is the first step is usually just a shift in your mindset. And knowing that you're not going to accept what other people believe you are and going to accept who you see yourself to be is the first step. No matter who it is, no matter whose story, no matter what great iconic individual that's ever existed, all of them had a belief in themselves. All of them took a risk. All of them knew something about themselves that they were staunchly for. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody could tell them different. Like I am who I am. I am smart. I am brilliant. I am whatever that is. And so you got to figure that out too. Like no matter how lofty it might sound, no matter how big it might sound about what you see yourself being, um, you got to lean into that. You know, you got to lean into that. And I think that a lot of people are afraid to be that because the world, the world does way more humbling than it does pushing you up and bigging you up. So to me, and this is coming from somebody who literally goes around calling himself king. So I'm really living that. And yeah. <laughs> but no. you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, yeah. I'm not saying it's just to, you know, you know, blow smoke up your ass. I really believe people need to <laughs> see themselves a lot as a lot bigger and a lot brighter. And that might be a lot of different things. Like I think for me, what I've, I've ultimately came into understanding about myself is that 
you know, these names and these pseudonyms and nicknames that we come up for ourselves also might be just the names of our higher selves, you know, Mm -hmm. the higher version of ourselves trying to lead Mm -hmm. us because we feel an affinity for, we allow for people to call us that. Um, Mm -hmm. We're led by, you know, keeping that a part of our identity in some way, shape or form. And that's possibly more than likely what it is, you know, and um, lean into that, lean into everything that that is. My my, shout out to my therapist Uh, yet again. uh, You know, that's another thing I need to thank Chicago for (laughs) Um, (laughs) because he he he, he said something to me one day that really drove that point home and reminded me that I can't ever forget who I am and what I know I am. And he was like, Rodney, you're a visionary like you really are a visionary. And I'm like, damn, that's a lot to say about somebody. That's a powerful word. But it's like, why that's... don't we talk about each other that way? He was like, he was mm-hmm. like, I see it. He was like, you think the way that you think, the way that you go about things. And I think you should read about people who were called that, who were considered mm-hmm. to be that because they were that before they became who they became. Steve Jobs was mm-hmm. Steve Jobs before he was Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. So you're not anybody different. You're you. You just got to show the world. I, one one affirmation that I always tell myself anytime I pray is I'm abundant limitlessly. And it's all on me on how I show it to the world. One more time. I'm abundant limitlessly. And it's all on me on how I show it to the world. That part. You know, so you got to you got to yeah. live that, know that. And it looks a lot of different ways, but we are in control of our own destinies. You can't Absolutely. really you can't really see it as. You, you, you are out of shape and out of, you know, out of sorts and the world is just happening around you. You are contributing to it, too. Yeah. And I'm going to throw a little seasoning. I feel like when people are in those crises, like, um, you know, where you're just trying to figure out, like, where to even establish yourself. Like life can actually it can really hit niggas to where you you feel like you are doing the right thing or you feel like you are treading in the journey that you are aligned to be in, you know, and just it's that that tunnel vision that you have to keep amongst it all. Like you literally have to keep that tunnel vision, but also understanding like who you are, because in order for you to even keep going forward, it's like, what is your truth or how are you even being led to know your truth? bro? if you ain't leading yourself, like you got to push, you got to literally push through everything. And that's a real thing. Like that's a, it's a real statement. And I understand how it could be, taken lightly or just like this cliche statement but from life and experience like it's a real thing you have to keep your truth as the navigator the gps the glasses you know what i'm saying you you need to have that throw chakra in line um because yeah like i feel like once you once you it's kind of like once your car is already on cruise control you know shout out to the homies that drive teslas because it's like y'all really just be chilling bro like (laughs) but the speed, you know, the speed is 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 good. Like they're good, you know. To know that you can put your your car in cruise control and know you safe, like with your entire life, like that crew that speed, you gonna know your speed. You know what I'm saying? You gonna know the speed, but the whole time you gotta find out what that looks like by navigating through your truth, like literally, real shit. So. I agree, and I agree, and I and I think that you know, shout out yet again another a uh, uh, a collaborator and mentor of mine from Chicago. Um, Neo once said to me that he broke down to me kind of how our brain works and our brain only knows pot like affirming statements mm. only understand and it wants everything that we think about to be true mm. 
So if you say to yourself what it is that you are, your brain will literally keep you think, keep, keep bringing things to you to try to manifest that thing to be true. Yeah. So even when you think about, oh, I don't want to be late. I don't want to be late. I don't want to be late. It doesn't hear don't. Your brain doesn't hear don't. It just says, oh, you want to be late? Okay. I'm going to distract you. (laughs) I'm going to let everything bother you. I'm going to have, uh, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be slow. You might trip. You forgot something. Oh, you forgot your keys. Yeah, I made you forget your keys. Facts. Better yet, you got to go back home, G. Turn back around. God. Because you're so obsessed over the idea of you being late. You can't, like, you can sit here and tell people to not think about things. Don't think about Michael Jackson. Don't think about an elephant. Those things still pop up in your mind. Hilarious. Because that's how how our brains work. So imagine if you continuously let it be known, saying it to yourself and saying it shit and saying it out loud around other people, too. So that they even know what it is and that they affirm you as well in that same way, that that's who you are and that's what it is, you know, and that's and that's also how you protect yourself, too. When you are going through those crises and it's 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 deep and it feels, you know, it's existential and it's, you know, affecting so many parts of yourself. Understand, like this ain't who this ain't this ain't the end of the story. Mm. This is just a chapter, you know what I'm saying? This isn't the yeah. the climax. This ain't none of that. This is just some rising rising conflict. <laughs> this is just some rising, rising conflict. conflict. Rising conquer, bro. Yeah, Literally. it's just some rising conflict that you're gonna get past because that's not that's not what your story's meant to be. And you, yeah. but you got to see it that way though. And if you don't, then that's that's the first step. Like you gotta see yourself as the positive, fulfilled, most fulfilled version of you. You know, and whatever that looks like. And it, it, there's no dream too big. Make it mm. make sense. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's, it's people out here, we've seen too many examples, especially when you're a person who's from a place like Chicago specifically. It's too many stories. It's nice. too many stories of people who grew up in the same neighborhood as you with less. Yeah. And they are the most renowned in this, the, the most yeah. this and that, the smartest in this, the most talented whatever. This yeah. is people that people don't might not even know the names of some of these folks, but black folks who figured yeah. it out, who believed in themselves, who was given a very similar set of, you know, hand in life as you and you over yeah. here doubting yourself. You don't believe it. I, I, I leave. I, I guess I'll kind of wrap it up with this when it comes to like what fucked me up about just the, 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 the examples that have already been set in front of us. Mm. The thing that fucked me up, the most when it came to understanding people who are, who've done things that I can now, you know, look to as inspiration is when I learned that a man by the name of Gil Scott Heron actually, actually in in the youngest parts of his life grew up in my small town. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it blew my mind because it's so random. It's like Gil right. Scott Heron of all people. Gil Scott, my guy. Of all people. And a person yeah. who used his voice, who yeah. knew, who, who who understood his words, who lived a lot of life, but was in the mix and understood what the fuck was going on in this world. Absolutely. And let it be known that shit, the world, the the, the world and the change that's going to happen in the world, it will not be on the TV. That's real. It's going to happen between Literally. all of us within us, in our houses, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In our communities. That's where it's going to yeah. really, where real change is going to happen. And that kind of fucked me up. Like, damn, that's what, 
Like that's that's the, like that's the the space that I come from now. And I and I, and yeah. I was there the whole time. Didn't even know that. The I didn't learn that time. until I was in college that that was even a thing. Ooh. And so it was like, damn, okay. Yeah. And so so being from a place like a Chicago where you got you know you people are standing on the shoulders of so many giants in a place like that. Oh no, yeah. that that that's why. That's why there's so much Chicago. What about Chicago isms all over that city? Because imagine mm-hmm. a world where you have that many black people, that much black history and black greatness. If all of that is used to galvanize people to uplift themselves. So we have to make right. this space that's has nothing but, you know, beautiful black culture into something that's negative into something that you don't want to support into something that you don't want to visit into something that is negative in some way, shape or form. But yeah, the proof is in the it, proof is in the people. Because regardless, nice. regardless of all of that, most Chicago, I don't think I've ever met. A, I don't think I've ever met anybody that loves Chicago more than black people from Chicago. <laughs> that's a real line. It's like, yeah, that's a, like, like, I, I like niggas. Yeah, I, I'm from Chicago. It's like, all right, bro, chill, G. It's chill. it's so funny. It's so funny. Like, like, just Whoa. think about one of the best represent representatives of Chicago. You knew that in his comedy act, like. Bernie Mac was one of the biggest representatives of Chicago. He loved his city. Yeah. <laughs> you knew he knew it from Nat alone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Almost every single like prolific person from Chicago, you know they from Chicago. They told you. You didn't have to go yeah. look it up. They told you. Pretty much. <laughs> they right. told it's the you. Intro line. Yes. Intro line. Yes. Immediately. You gonna know where I'm from. You gonna know what part of Chicago too. By yeah. Like, for for sure. For yeah. sure. And if and it's, it'd be funny. It'd be funny because I'll be hearing it. Like, even if I don't know, like, I come across somebody's page or anything like that, it's always, like, the lingo that, like, gives it away. Like you know what I'm saying? Or you're going to get an area code in a bio. Some. And it, it, yeah. it'd be so funny to me because I'd be like, I like, it makes I sense. I had every area code, bro. I told AT&T, can I just not have a, a um, Chicago area code? <laughs> like, I'm trying I'm trying to be alias. I don't even want to get stereotyped if I say 773. <laughs> um, can I just get a... <laughs> Let me just get a zip code. I mean, a zip, not a zip code, area code. It's like, when I say my area code, they be like, what? Are you from Chicago? I'm like, yeah. Like, all of them I didn't have, G. The 312, the 847, the 773. Never had a 708. Actually, no, I have had a 708 for a quick second. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm on a whole nother round when I type my my number in. It be feeling good because I want people to question. Until you look at my actual ID, you won't know where I'm. I ain't mad at that. That's a way to. That's a way to do it. That's a way to do it. <laughs> that's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. But I think that's you know, it's it's a lot happening. It's a lot happening yeah. in a lot of ways when it comes to you know that city as a whole. And yeah. I and I, I, yeah, I, no, it's a real thing. Yeah, it's it's a lot happening. And I, I, even though the you know the the nature of you know my time there was what it was, I still have to be thankful for me being in that particular destination to discover everything I needed to discover about myself and everything that I created while I was there. I created a lot of, a a lot of dope shit came with a lot of dope ideas, met a lot of dope ass people and like proved a lot to myself about what I was actually capable of and came back here where I wasn't doing none of this shit. Like I was doing, Mm -hmm. I was on something completely different the last time I lived in Atlanta. So to come back and that's now part of me, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm a whole new version of me. 
Yeah, yeah. Chicago give you a little seasoning that you ain't gonna get nowhere else. Like, it's definitely it, yeah. It, it, it looks seasoning. Seasoning is 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 a soft way to say it. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like I got grilled on both sides. Listen, not all not all seasoning be salty. You know what I'm saying? I feel like so many goddamn seasonings. That's like we need to make Chicago seasoning. What would that look like? Wow, I feel like they fried me hard on both sides and sprinkled that Yikes. that uh, that sharks uh, white little white crack not shit on. <laughs> they, they put that sharks white that white crack shit on it. That's what I feel like after leaving Chicago. I, I am I am battle tested. I am battle nah, tested. See, I don't went through enough. Some people, I I be damn no. I ain't gonna get overcooked though. I think I'm like I'm at a place where it's like you know you can like um best analogy ironically be pizza. That'd be this be my mic drop. But like on some Chicago pizza, like you know when it's too, when it's too burnt but then you also know when it's like burnt enough like i'm, <laughs> I'm like the cheese where it's like all right take that shit out take it out hey it's a hey. leave it in there for too long that shit black bro and i'm throwing the whole piece away the whole I'm thing because you can't even pick that off no nope. you can't like, even pick you can't that off. off burnt cheese bro it's a wrap it's, like, it's, it's over